Good morning, class. Good morning, Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, my faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. Man, you can tell overcomers that are acting like overcomers when you meet them. They got a look in their eye. They got a tone in their voice. They got a spring in their step. They're not defeated. And if you hadn't been acting that way, if you've been born again, that's your spiritual DNA. That's what you are on the inside, even if you've let your flesh dominate you and haven't been acting like it. And all you got to do is get that spirit fed and built up and nourished up in the words of faith, and you will come to life. You will start acting like who you are made to be. So get your Bible and get something to make some notes with. Come on into the class with us. We've saved you a seat right here in the front. And let's pray and believe for uh, precisely what God has for us today. Father, we thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You have answered so many prayers. You've done so many things to get us to this point today. And you who have brought us this far, you'll get us the rest of the way. And so we reach out and ask for and lay hold with our faith, fresh manna from heaven, uh, anointed answers and help and direction from you and purpose to be doers of it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you would go back to Mark, the seventh chapter in our great textbook, the Bible, and let's continue looking at our 11th uh, individual account of healing in this study of faith for healing, the healing of the deaf man with the speech impediment. Mark 7 and verse uh, 31. It said again, departing from the coasts of Tyre and Zidon, he, Jesus, came into the Sea of Galilee through the midst of the coasts of Decapolis. Now, like we've said more than once, why is the Lord telling us about the region? What's, what's the significance there? We'll see more clearly in a, in a moment. They bring to him one that was deaf and had an impediment in his speech. So the man couldn't hear and he had difficulty speaking, which likely were related to. If you can't hear, that can make it difficult to speak to. Anyway, both of these conditions existed, and they beseech him to put his hand upon him. And then we see that he took him aside from the multitude and ministered to him personally, physically, spiritually, spoke to him, and miraculously his ears opened up and his tongue was loosed where he could speak clearly and plainly. Notice, uh, this wouldn't have happened without they. 
<laughs> what, what, what do you mean? Well, Jesus uh, has just ministered to the Syrophoenician woman and concerning her daughter, and he is he's traveling. He he has left the coast of Tyre and Zidon, and he's coming to the Sea of Galilee through the midst of the coasts of the ten cities, Decapolis. And they, everybody say they, <laughs> they bring unto him one that was deaf and had an impediment in his speech, and they beseech him to put his hand upon him. They had a part to play. Right? <laughs> What, 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 what am I saying that? We've seen this before. We, we, we've seen um, where the healing of Peter's mother-in-law. You remember that? When Jesus and the disciples came back from a meeting, they come into the house and they <laughs> besought Jesus for her. Well, she's in, I guess, in the bedroom or wherever, delirious with fever in a bad way, she's at the point where she can't help herself. And they helped to get Jesus to her, to minister to her. Well, in this case, they helped get him to Jesus, right? They helped. Now, this is a wonderful thing to think and talk about. Uh, we cannot receive for other adult people no matter how much we want to. And this will be something that was frustrating to you if you don't understand it. Now, as a parent, small children, before they're old enough to know the Lord for themselves, you receive for them just like you're receiving for your own body. You have that authority. You have that, that place in their life. But there'll come a point. It can be... 10, 12, 13, I don't know. There'll come a point where they know enough dis difference between right and wrong to know the Lord that especially as they get, you know, much older than that in their late teens and all that kind of thing, the Lord will expect them to come to him for themselves. And uh, someone said, well, what, what point is that? It varies with people according to how they develop. And so you don't just want to make a rule or an age or a time. But if you're communing with God on a regular basis and praying, you'll find out he'll tell you. <laughs> if you try to just believe something for them, he'll, he'll say, well, no, I want them to come to me for themselves. And you'll realize, well, I can't just receive it for them. I can help them, but I can't just receive it for them. And that's what some have not understood concerning family members. Uh, I'm thinking of a man right now, he got so upset, he left the church because he, he thought, called himself believing to receive his mother's healing. Well, she, she didn't receive her healing and she went on home to be with the Lord. She's a believer. It's better to be with the Lord, but she missed out on a few years of life. Uh, but he got so upset because he said he was believing, he was believing. Well, he didn't have a right to receive her healing for her. Can y'all see this class? I mean, if you could do that, what you should do is receive salvation. Is that right? For everybody you know, 
right? Whether they want it or not, because they need it. Is that right? They need to be saved and not go to hell. So I'm just going to believe I received Jesus for them. You can't. I said you can't. You cannot. You cannot. If you cannot receive the new birth, you can't receive Jesus as Lord for another adult, no matter how much you love them. What makes you think you could receive healing for them? You can receive their healing for them. You can't. I said you can't. Or their deliverance for them. Or their bills paid. Y'all with me, class? This is something we need to get clear on. All of us have a personal responsibility to the Lord. And He wants to know, He wants each one of us individually to want to know Him and to develop our own faith and trust in walking with Him. And so uh, we need to watch in our prayer life that we don't go beyond what we actually have rights and place to believe and do. I know... uh, even when it comes to people helping, you look, at, look in James, the fifth chapter. I learned this back in the early days of, of our ministry. That even when it comes to not just doing it for people, but even trying to help people with your faith, still, they have to want it. They have to give you some, some kind of place. In James 5, verse 13, it says, is there any... Among you afflicted, let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. You know, uh, you would think something was wrong if I came up to you and said, you know, I'm feeling merry. Sing for me. I'm feeling pretty merry. Sing for me. (laughs) Well, what would you think? Hey, buddy, you feel like singing? Go ahead. (laughs) Sing, sing for yourself. Now you're laughing, but why don't we think the same way about prayer? It's in the same verse, right? Is any among you afflicted? Turn in all the prayer requests you can. No. Let him pray. Uh, we, we should do our own praying. I, I've, I've had uh, men tell me, you know, uh, well, my wife's the prayer you know, in the family. And so I, yeah, I don't do much praying because she, she takes care of it. She cannot take care of your praying for you. No, she can't. Thank God she's a good prayer. But she can't pray for you. She could pray with you, but not do your praying for you. That's what I'm saying. And so uh, the exception or the, I shouldn't say exception, the Uh, an area where people can help you more with their faith is when you are at a place where you can't do much for yourself. It goes on to say in verse 14, is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them, let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if you've committed sins, they'll be forgiven him. Here is an area where you're getting helped by the elders. And yet, if you, that, that word uh, sick there implies weak, 
without strength, beyond helping yourself is an implication, I can see. So uh, when would this apply? If you look at healing ministry, you'll find there's not just one way to minister or receive healing. Uh, there are people that were healed that were miles and miles away when a word was spoken, right? There, there are people that were healed, their hands were laid on them. There are people that were healed, they touched. There are people that were healed that got delivered from a bad influence. I mean, there are numerous, numerous ways. And here we see anointing with oil and, and, and prayer of faith by the elder. This is one of numerous ways. You know, the Lord must want us healed, yes. right? Because we've got numerous ways to get there. And yet, uh, notice it didn't say, is any sick among you? Let the elders keep track of them and go when they find out they're sick. <laughs> Why would you say that, Brother Keith? What's wrong with that? It's, it's a problem with that. I know when I first got started in the ministry, uh, my, my idea of ministry was service. And that is correct. The word uh, ministry and helps all has to do with service. Service. Like a waiter waiting on somebody. I mean, that's what I'm doing today. You know, would you like some more faith? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and yet, my, I thought that I'm supposed to do basically anything anybody asked me to do in ministry because I'm a servant. And part of that's right and part of that's wrong. Well, after just a couple of years, I was so fatigued because <laughs> every time somebody wanted to talk to me, I tried to talk to them. Every time somebody wanted to counsel, I tried to sit down and make it work. Every time somebody wanted me to visit somebody, I tried to do it. And finally one day, I... Uh, Somebody called uh, about their relative that was in the hospital and would I please go visit them because they were really sick. And I said, yes, I showed up at the hospital and I came down the hall. I found their room and I, I knocked on the door and I said, hi, you know, I'm, I'm Keith Moore I'm, uh, and uh, I'm a minister and, and so-and-so asked me. And they said, uh, they yelled from inside, I don't believe in all that junk. Nobody asked you to come in here. Get out of here. So I got out of there. And as I'm, as I'm leaving, I'm thinking, it took me time to drive over here and do all this. And I have wasted time that I could have spent on some, something else. This is not right. And just like that, the Lord brought this to my remembrance. Is any sick among you? Let, them, let him call for. You see, if the person doesn't have enough respect in it and belief in it to call for it in a respectful way, you probably don't have place to do anything. Does this make sense? And so there is a, a, a part that they can do. <laughs> that we can do in helping get somebody to Jesus, helping get something to somebody that they need, but only if they'll respect it, if they want it. Uh, 
if they'll receive it. If not, you must not try to force somebody or force something on somebody because the Lord won't do it. He won't do it. And if you start trying to push something down somebody's throat and shove something on somebody, you have left the Holy Spirit. You're no longer working with Him. There's another spirit who tries to make people do things. It's the wrong spirit. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Coercing, manipulating, scheming. How many understand the Lord is not in trying to trick anybody into anything, even if it's for their own good? With God, the, the end does not justify the means. Y'all understand that phrase? See, some people think, well, you know, as long as it turned out good, you know, that means God, no, uh-uh. There are times, do you remember, for instance, um, Moses, when the people were just wearing him down with their unbelief and the Lord told him to speak to the rock and uh, he got mad and got upset with them and said, here now, you bunch of rebels, and we're going to have to, we, whoa, watch out, we're going to have to get water out of this rock for you. And he whacked the rock with his stick. Well, the water came out, but Moses is in big trouble. Can you see this? Did the end justify the means? It certainly did not. He's in trouble, big trouble. He didn't get to see the uh, promised land. And he asked the Lord several times about it. And finally the Lord said, don't bring it up to me again. No, because you disrespected me there and you didn't listen to what I had to say. And so, no, God is not a forcer. He's not a coercer. He's not a deceiver. He's not a tricker. He very completely up front says, this is what it is. Do you want some? (laughs) Right, invites you, makes it available, but then it's up to you. It's up to me if we respond and how we respond. So I, I made some changes in ministry at that day, and thank God, I think, I shouldn't say think, I know that 40 some years now later, I'm still going strong. Hallelujah. And I didn't burn out decades ago or get so disillusioned with ministry that I thought, well, I'm, I'm killing myself. i got to get out of this. That's why a lot of people retire as early as they can. <laughs> they do. I, I, a lot of ministers I'm aware of, they retired quick as they could because I, I can't take any more of this. Well, the Lord said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. So if you're doing something that's just crushing you, you didn't get it from the Lord. The enemy's been tricking you. And part of it is in these areas thinking that you have to do everything that everybody asks you to do. No, you do not. No, you're supposed to pray and be led by the Spirit. You're not the Savior. You're not the provider. You're not the deliverer. You're the Lord's servant. You're the Lord's messenger. You're to do exactly what He says, right? And then once you've done that, you rest in Him. And enjoy your salvation so you'll be ready to do some more tomorrow. And this is how you can have some longevity in in ministry and in service. But it said, uh, if you look back in Mark 7, it, it said that they bring unto him one that was deaf and had an impediment in his speech. 
And then they beseech him to put his hand upon him. Uh, how many think that this man should have appreciated his friends for the rest of his life? Is that right? <laughs> because, uh, you know, him being um, deaf, uh, he didn't hear Jesus preach somewhere. Right? He never heard Jesus preach. The first words he heard was, be open. Hallelujah. And he might have just heard the end of that. <laughs> right? He might have heard, end. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, thank God for good friends that care about you, love you enough, and have faith enough themselves to, you know, how'd they get this across to him? Maybe there was some kind of rudimentary sign language. There must have been something to get him to know, hey, we think if we get you to Jesus, that you could get your hearing back. Hmm? <laughs> and somehow or another, they got that across to him, and they were so enthusiastic about it that even though he couldn't hear them and understand them, they kept seeing this. <laughs> and he got the message, he's like, yeah, let's go, let's do it. And uh, then when they got him to Jesus, since he can't hear and he can't speak uh, properly either, they had to do the introductions, they had to make the request. Come on, can you see this? So it's true that we can't just do it for people. And we can't just receive it for people. But that doesn't mean we can't help. That's right. hmm? We can help a lot. We can help a lot. We can help get people to Jesus. We can help introduce him to them. We can help them to find out about what he has said and what he is doing. We can pray for them. We can say, Lord, open their eyes and their hearts and send messengers, other messengers across and and give them revelation. We, and we can believe for that. And we can get them right to the point of receiving. And then it's, they got the ball. Can you see that? Then it's their ball. They, their choice. Well, what if they don't receive Jesus and they just reject it? Well, as long as there's breath, there's hope. Right? You go through it again. You, you, you believe God to get them back to the point of receiving. And again, it'll be their choice. It'll be, we we'll go, okay, go ahead, receive, go ahead. They may or may not. And that's one of the things that can be heartbreaking sometimes when people choose not to, but you just have to understand God won't make them receive and you can't. And so you shouldn't try to make them receive. But what about the help here? I mean, this reminds us of the man who was paralyzed. We already studied this account. And his four friends brought him. You remember that? I mean, were they instrumental to his healing? Wow. I mean, I guess he couldn't have left the house without them. And they, the, his four friends, uh, and, and we studied this in detail back in earlier uh, of our accounts. Go back and, and get that one if you weren't with us. But they brought this man on his uh, cot, if you will, or his mat uh, to the meeting where Jesus was, the house where he was, 
they helped get him there. And then they couldn't get in the house. And so finally, they said, well, there's nobody on top of the house. So they, they got him up there. How many understand he's not getting on top of the house by himself? Is that right? He's paralyzed. And he must have had faith. Or else was he would have said, no, you're not taking me up on that house. Right? He must have had faith to even be in agreement with this. And so he's like, yeah, get me up there. Get me up there. And so they got up there and tore off. He wasn't able to tear off the, the, the tiles of the roof and let him down before Jesus. And Jesus is in the midst in there with a bunch of Pharisees and doctors of the law and all this stuff going on. The Bible said the power of the Lord was present to heal. It was there. And these guys just knew they had to get their buddy in front of Jesus. We, we got to, and, and they believed they could. And the Bible said that Jesus looked up and saw there, there, there. That's not just the man's faith, right? Huh? There means all five of them. They had enough faith to convince him about this. They had enough faith to tote him out there. They had enough faith to get on top of the house, tear it off, let him down. And I'm sure as they're lowering him down, Jesus looks up and he does see the man, but he sees these guys with these grins on their face up top, like, all right, Jesus, get him. <laughs> get him. You're going to get it, buddy. You're, you're going to get it. <laughs> This is one of the great, great benefits of a good church. A church is not supposed to be a cold religious institution. A church, a real church, is a family. And in this family, God makes connections. You know, we have service teams in our churches. It's one of the places where there's a lot of these connections made. And... It's wonderful, these connections that people make, and they tell us all the time, they're their faith friends. They're people that will believe with you, people that will help you get to Jesus, right? Help you get to the answer, help the answer get to you, and not only do you need that, but then you need to become that for other people yourself. How many have a desire of that? Hmm? Say it out loud, Father God. Thank you, Thank you for those that helped me, helped me get, to get to you and receive from you. And, from and I make myself available, make myself available to, help to help others find you, find you and get to you and, to you and receive from you. And receive from Show, me how, Show me how. Add to me, add to me and increase my growth and, increase and, my development, and development to do this. To do this. I ask it. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. They is important. And they still is. Well, our time is up again for the class. Say it like we do. I live by faith. I walk by faith. I overcome this world by faith, and I'm strong in faith, giving glory to God. Praise God. We're growing. We're making progress. There's a lot more to learn here. Come back with us tomorrow. We'll see you soon here in Faith School.
Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.